Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hi and welcome to episode 19 of Legally Clueless. I am so happy that you're part of our little fam <laughs> and I hope you're having a brilliant day or about to have a brilliant day. Okay, I don't know when you're listening to this, so you know what? I just hope you're good. Whatever date is, <laughs> whatever time, I just hope you're good, like I am. Before we get into today's episode, next week is a huge one for us. It's our 20th episode, and it's going to be dedicated to the International Day of Friendship, which is on the 30th of July. So I'm going to be inviting my best friend, Val, we've been best friends for 15 years, to an episode. We're going to have fun times, discuss friendship, have a lot of games and trivia. But I thought it would be really dope if I could shout you and your friends out on that episode. So if you want to celebrate that special friend in your life who's been friends with you for two years, 15 years, <laughs> some of us are old, okay, <laughs> um, and you just really want to put a smile on their face, all you have to do is go into our Instagram page, which is Legally Clueless Podcast. You can DM or you can comment and just let me know your name, your friend's name, and what you love about your friend. And I'll make sure in next week's episode, I shout you and your friend out and just celebrate you guys as being friends. Cool? All right? Got it? Got it? Got it? Good. All right. <laughs> so clearly I'm in a really good mood and I promise there's no wine in front of me as I'm recording this. I've had a very interesting weekend weekend and I've bumped into something that I was, I've always been very scared of. But my mom used to tell me this thing when I was a kid, especially because I used to ask her for such frivolous things. If we would go shopping, I was that kid who would constantly be asking for chocolates and sweets and and, and my mom was tough. Like she would just say no. And on the few occasions that she said yes to buying me candy while we were shopping, she would buy me like the cheapest, <laughs> cheapest chocolates ever. Like the tiny ones, the ones you're just like, I, if it's, this you're buying me then it's fine <laughs> i don't want it no but yeah so she always used to tell me that when you ask somebody for something there's three possible answers you could get yes no or maybe i love getting the answer yes <laughs> i don't mind maybes because maybes can lean closer to yes what I hate is getting the answer no, especially if it's something linked to my career or wanting to advance or a project that I've created. I hate getting a no or rejection. So a couple of weeks ago, there was an organization that reached out to me and they had this event and they wanted me to be part of it. And I was like, all right. So I really need to balance between making sure each month has its income, but also not just picking every job, making sure that the jobs I take and the partnerships I get into are completely in line with my vision and where I want either my brand to grow or my initiative to grow to or whatever products I have, right? So yeah, so this company like reached out to me and I was just like, all right, all right, you're dealing with the youth. I'm dealing with the youth too. We can deal with the youth together. No. And they were like, yeah, we have this event and we want you to be part of it in, you know, this capacity. 
and it was going to be a lot of work and so they were like yeah could you just send us your rate card blah 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 i'm like dope so i send um my rate card also on the whole rate card thing it took me such a long time to attach value to my work because that's all i don't know if i'm the only person who finds it hard to do like to attach value to the work i do or to the skills that i have because we are always like conditioned to play down our strengths and play down our skills right so we kind of settle for whatever rate is pushed on us so coming up with a rate card and i just actually reviewed my rate cards right so that was really hard for me to do because i was just like oh my god am i really worth that like maybe i'm thinking to hire myself blah, blah blah you know that whole weird thing that we do so anyway so as for my rate card send them this new and improved rate card <laughs> and they're like it's too high which is okay because there's room to negotiate right that's how you kind of do business but you also have in your head an amount that you're like if i go lower than this i am operating at a loss and there's no way i can do that anyway so um back and forth back and forth chat and then they go silent for like two weeks so in my head i'm just like all right so they've decided to go with somebody else no problem that's cool <laughs> i was giving myself that whole talk and then i'm like oh, maybe even the entire event has been cancelled <laughs> Anyway, so they pop back up last week, towards the end of last week, going into the weekend. And they're like, yo, okay, we really want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But your rate is too high. Can you bring it down? So I'm just like, honestly, like it's a lot of work. Um, and I know what I'm bringing onto the table. I really can't bring it down. And even before I did that, I had to have that talk with myself. For Adele, you know what you're bringing onto the table. You know the work you put in and you've got good work ethic. You know how much time and effort will go into preparing for this you know the manpower that you will need on your own on the side for this job to be done well so stick to your guns because <laughs> i'm that type of person like if you look me square in the eye and you're just like please do this for free i could possibly say yes <laughs> so i always have to like prepare and just be like oh my god oh my god get into your business modes anyway so i say i can't i can't go any lower and then they say okay cool we're going into a meeting and we'll see whether this is going to work maybe like maybe three hours later they call and they're like yo so we can't work with you so at first i was like you know what it's all right because also the day of that gig is Val, my best friend's birthday so i was like okay i mean that's gonna be a heavy day anyway you know you tell yourself these things to be like yeah, it was gonna be a heavy day anyway so it's cool it's cool i don't you know it's fine <laughs> i'm gonna be with friends and family anyway on that day so it's okay i did feel some type of way though after all of that fronting i did feel some type of way i was just like first i knew my rates and i know my rates are not unreasonable because i know what goes into getting the job done and i was like ah, is it a personal thing like is it me am i why what is it and it was my first no since resigning and that also slaps differently you're just like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. maybe i should not have resigned <laughs> but i was like anyway i 
to be quite frank, I think the energy was off from the word go. So I was like, you know what? This really was not meant for you. And sometimes you can tell. You can tell the jobs that you're just like, oh my God, this is right down my alleyway. I really want to do this. And I feel inclined to do this. I don't know how to explain that even in words or whatever. It's just that feeling when the energy is right with a certain job or with a certain partnership. You're like, yes, this is actually meant for me. In hindsight, I didn't really feel that. I It felt like a job. And most of the things that I do, even that are paying, don't feel like jobs. They feel like a passion project. Yeah. Anyway, I'm weird like that. So the energy was off. So I was like, maybe that really wasn't meant for me, to be quite frank. Anyway, so I feel some type of way. And then literally two or so hours after that whole phone conversation and blah, 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 I get an email and it's from someone who works in Facebook. And I met them when I was in Ethiopia in April. If you listen to the episodes, you know I was in Ethiopia because I recorded an episode there. And he was like, oh, we have selected you to be part of this brilliant project. And I'll, I'll give you more details as we go along. But anyway, it was a new opportunity that was smack in line, or rather not was, why am I speaking in past tense? That is <laughs> smack in line with what I want to do on all fronts, be it me individually, this podcast, my initiative in working with young Africans and African women. And I was just like, yep, this one was meant for me. So I was just like, oh, shake off the blues. <laughs> I'm back to believing in myself. But it got me thinking about how important it is to 100% believe in your shit, believe in how dope you are, believe in your vision, believe in where your vision is going to go to. Please excuse my neighbor's kid who has just discovered his voice. He's so cute, so I can't even get angry at his screams. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> that's my baby fever leaking. I just found how important it is to 100% believe in yourself so that when somebody else doesn't, it doesn't shake you as hard. Obviously, it's human to feel some type of way, but just believe in yourself so much that when somebody comes along and doesn't understand you or your vision, rejects you or your vision, it doesn't rattle you as hard. And again, also, it's important to remember that what's meant for you is 100% yours, right? It's making its way to you or it's waiting and watching you make your way to it. And there is nothing or no one who can take away what is duly meant for you. So even when I'm stressed or I'm thinking that things aren't going according to plan or things aren't opening up or the right partners are not availing themselves and just like where are they i'm looking i'm looking where are they i always know at the end of the day first that this vision is going to become a reality and that whatever is meant for me my god <laughs> will always be there for me regardless of how many no's are thrown my way across the way anyway so that was my learning of the week. Whew. 
away from that. A hundred African stories. This one I thoroughly enjoyed recording because it's a story that deals with an industry that kind of runs parallel to mine. And it's the music industry. And we never really get to hear stories from the managers, the business managers, the road managers of all our favorite musicians and superstars. This story is by Anchi, who was for a moment in time, I'm not too sure if she still is, Vanessa Day, and she, that's a Tanzanian artist. For those of you who don't know, you need to check out her music. It's absolutely dope. But she was Vanessa Day's road manager for a while, and they're really good friends. And she just explains some of the struggles of being a female road manager in Africa. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. My name is Anchi. I'm from Nairobi, Kenya. Um, I've been in the entertainment industry for a few years. Well, not 10 but just a few years. And the first time I officially got into entertainment was working with Vanessa Mde um, when she came to Kenya to do the Chris Brown show. And it was hell. <laughs> if you attended, you probably thought everything was so smooth, but at the back there, it's like absolute drama and tears and, and, and yeah, it's crazy. And I think the my focus is on being a woman in the entertainment industry. Mm. I've traveled to a lot of countries in Africa and Europe, and it's the same everywhere. There's a way, there's a certain way you're treated as a woman in the industry. There's a lot of assumptions about you from people within the industry and those who are not in the industry. And um, I mean, like sexual assumptions um, because your work my work was related to i was a road manager so i would go wherever vanessa goes and many times when we travel we get like um club appearance gigs and stuff like that so you're around a lot of alcohol you're around a lot of men you're dressed for the night so there's always this assumption like you know she's in the entertainment industry and so you could probably get down with her or if you want something done, let's say you write a proposal, there's this assumption like maybe you'll give it up just mm -hmm. so that, you know, you can get what it is you want. How did I get in? Vanessa is a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. We went to, we dropped out of uni together. <laughs> <laughs> that was the bond. We're like, yeah, we can do this. Um, before that, I was a teacher. A Montessori teacher. I know that's such a big difference, but I was a Montessori teacher and I got bored of the monotony, mm -hmm. you know, just every year doing the same thing over and over. I mean, kids have such different characters, but the core is the work and it was just doing the same thing over and over. And so I got into, I started to work for a company called Blackstar and uh, the boss was, is now my husband. <laughs> <laughs> It happens, you know. Sometimes there's a cute guy at the office. Fortunately, he was the boss, so, you know. And that's when I got my foot into entertainment. And then I had um, Kwanzaa, my firstborn child. And, of course, now I had to take us, like, 
85 steps back from entertainment just mm-hmm. out of time and you know being there for your kid you can't go out as much went back to a school did administration but now mm-hmm. sitting in the office not with the kids and then started blogging and vlogging and then slowly just got back into entertainment i think vanessa found me through that she was like okay you do really well with um social media and website stuff so come just come work with me yeah and that's how i got into it my first experience in the industry was when i i vanessa asked me to road manage her when she came to um kenya it was in mombasa for the chris brown concert and i had no idea what a road manager does i was just like yeah it's okay you just pay for my flight to nairobi to mombasa accommodation is sorted okay sawa let's do it yo actually shafi shafi really helped me during mm-hmm. that trip i was calling him crying going to his room crying we don't even have our backstage passes we don't even have this we don't have that we don't have rooms so shafi really came through for us um he was a long time friend and we and he knew um the organizers mm-hmm. so it was just like okay we got our rooms we weren't sure if vanessa would be paid by the end of this because she wasn't given anything usually the artist gets paid at least a percentage before they set foot in the hotel mm-hmm. nothing of the sort happened i mean we didn't even have a room so there was no expectation of money you know <laughs> and so show day before that of course there has to be rehearsals we were refused to get on the stage because um because chris brown (laughs) like these guys are given so much priority over like an african artist let me not say african because there are times we've seen west africans come Mm. to like nairobi and they're given some privileges and the local artists are just left over there on the side in the corner anyway no hard feelings (coughs) hardish feelings i'm the one communicating between vanessa and the organizers Mm -hmm. that's basically the job i do and i'm being given information that's not making sense like we're being told okay so the cars will be there to pick you up by 1 p.m i'm like okay but it's already like 2 30 so like (laughs) one which one you know like it was so unnecessary and it it felt you know when it's your first time at a job and you know it's not your fault that things are going wrong Mm -hmm. but then it's your first time so it's just like I really have to prove myself, you know. Yeah, so it was one of those situations. And at the end of the day, there was a lot of tears. Uh, Vanessa cried a lot because she has um, issues with her eyes. Mm -hmm. And so usually she gets on the stage just to know how far she should dance to and stop there. So just that when she's uh, doing the actual performance, there's no confusion. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get a rehearsal, how a rehearsal could be. And um, then we get kicked out of our room the next day. And then there's nowhere to stay. And yet Vanessa's flight is for the other day. Like it's, let's say the show was on Saturday. Uh, her flight is for Monday. But on Sunday morning, they were like, uh, hello, I'm sorry, but you have to leave the rooms right now. And we're just like, what? And go where? As it, <laughs> at least me, me, I can probably find someone I know in Mombasa. But where are we taking this artist? Like, seriously, come on, guys. She lives in Dar es Salaam, you know? Yeah, so just through that, then now you have to start sweet talking, guys. And it's almost like, and the, uh, I don't know how this will sound, but you almost have to, like, get almost flirtatious mm. to get your way around something, mm. you know? Because this is, like, literally, where the hell are we going to sleep? Mm. You know, you feel like you could almost give up anything. Mm. And no, we did not have sex with anyone. So please calm down. But like it, 
I can see someone, a woman getting to that mm. place because you're so frustrated. You don't know what's going to happen. The artist is looking at you like, so now what are we supposed to do? I'm just like, yeah, imagine it's just my first job. We didn't even discuss this nicely, like what ifs and you know, what not. And I, at that point, I don't think I'd say, you know, it's because I was a woman that ABCD happened. But as time goes by, you start to realize, and I started to meet different road managers mm in west africa in south africa and you'd find that men get their way more not even let me not go far like someone like um marek because we are from east africa there's this bond you know yeah. vanessa is south, um south african is tanzanian but she's east african mm-hmm. so if we have if there's a show in um lagos we find ourselves hanging out with like saudi soul mm. right um as compared to because like the guys of lagos they go to their homes at the end of the day you know ask as well as they're at the hotel having yeah. some you know fufu or whatever they eat there we'd we'd have small issues like we don't have a car to take us around and yet these are things that have officially been sent to us on email you're gonna have a car this is the plate number this mm-hmm. is the driver this mm-hmm. is the driver's number but nothing like that exists in fact i don't even know if there's a real car with that <laughs> number plate you know you're just like what the hell but we'd get there and like saudi soul are super sorted mm-hmm. you know they have all the stuff that was sent to them on email they've gotten it of course you start to feel some type of way you you question a lot of things like is it because we are women Mm. or is it because or what do they expect us to do to be able to get things to you know like just run smoothly i think that lagos event also got us feeling some type of way a lot because of that and just even seeing the uh, the treatment that our brothers were getting over what we were getting was just, you know, some sort, you feel some sort of way. So I remember this one time we were in South Africa and Vanessa was out there shooting for MTV base, um, sugar because we were there for a really long time. I think we stayed out there probably for like a month. We were like, we need to get other ways to like generate. I mean, we're in a say, let's do club appearances, let's do media tours and whatnot. And so there's this one time we went to the club. And a lot of the promoters in SA are Nigerian guys Mm. who have moved and they now live in South Africa, Johannesburg to be exact. The guy got us a really good deal. Um, I think she did an appearance that night, if I'm not wrong. If not an appearance, we went, you know, sometimes they invite you to the club and you just host. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't pay you a fee, but they'll get you your drinks and whatnot and play your music, which Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. Like we want the music played in the clubs there. And he sorted out all these things for us. But um, so we had really decent conversations in the daytime, but it's like in the night, someone becomes a vampire or something. (laughs) I don't even know how to explain. Like, I was just like, who the hell are you? Anyway, so we go to the club, we're having a really good time and whatnot, and then we leave and we are all heading to a friend's who stays out there. And he's also a friend to the promoter. And we go this now like after party vibes. So we're there enjoying a good time. And I was literally like pushed on the wall. One of those, you know, and you're just like, what exactly are you doing? You know, and he's just like, no, you know, I got you guys this deal. So, you know, yeah. Um, And that was, uh, I think we did the South Africa trip after the Chris Brown event. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, what the hell am I getting myself into? You know, like... 
I you're being made to feel so so much less of yourself or like you owe this person something because they're getting you into a club or they're mm-hmm. getting your music played in a club mm-hmm. and they feel obli like he was not shy doing this by the way the first time he did it we were in front of other people mm-hmm. you know and no one is doing anything about it and i think vanessa had stepped out to the washroom there's a level of respect they give the artist mm-hmm. a level of respect because there are people who cross that boundary even with the artist mm-hmm. you know but for me it's like almost like ah, you don't really have a voice to yeah. talk shit about this after anyway and yeah so i'm pushed on the wall and he's trying to kiss me and i'm just like and at that time i used to guard myself with my son and my husband mm-hmm. i would talk about them a lot mm-hmm. you know those ones just I for know. guarding i'm like yeah you know like my husband oh my god he would love this so much my son oh my god oh my son is even calling excuse me you know i would literally use that so now it's in the night and he pushes me on the wall and whatnot and then um we have to leave and we get we call our own uber because these guys are now taking a bit too long to mm-hmm. you know get the cars together and i was just like okay it's getting a bit messy so we call an uber and as we're leaving this guy is taking us downstairs and he does it again he just pushes me on the wall of okay okay at this point now vanessa is with me so i'm just like okay thank god but she's like 25 times smaller than i am so we're just like how do we do this you know and it's like someone's apartment and Mm. oh it was it was um awkward because you still have to work with this person Mm. the next day he knows you need him like he's aware like Mm. when you come to johannesburg this is my territory. You're going to have to talk to me. And at that time, South Africa was so hot. Everybody was recording music out there, mm-hmm. doing their videos out there. Um, so a lot of things were happening at that time. Yeah, so that one time, it shook me. And the crazy thing is I have another friend in the industry who's from South Africa. And she has the same story of the same guy. Yeah, he's oh, horrible. Man. I feel like giving his handle out right now just so that y'all can be careful <laughs> when you're around these monsters because there's those type of men out there you know this and you see it makes you really second guess everybody now because Mm -hmm. you're just like you're probably just gonna want me yeah Yeah. maybe he's not even maybe it's a nice guy you know and he's not even thinking of doing anything with you but i came back uh i i don't think i told um, brian about it no we didn't i you know these are these are stupid guilt you feel when Mm. you're abused Mm. you know it's like okay maybe it's my fault that i have this job and you Mm. know so i didn't speak to him about it also because he's very protective and he'd be like so who's that guy and i'm just like okay so are you going to pay for a flight to go beat him in johannesburg or like you know how will this go and i was very i kind of just like blocked it because i was like you know what it's probably gonna happen again i just need to be more aware and Mm. more but that kind of doesn't happen because like vanessa is was i'm not sure if she still is but at the time hennessy was a brand that was very much interested in her Mm. so those are the things we're drinking Mm. you know what i mean and you you assume you're around safe people Mm. who have paid for your flight to come all this way or they are looking for ways to market you Mm. you think you're safe around these people but you know and you're working in after hours so it's not like after work we went for a drink no that drink is the work you know so you feel like i should be safe around this person or i i can i can even tell you please like i need to go to the washroom do you mind taking me Mm. but then i got some sort of like 
you know if vanessa says she's going to the washroom we are going and we're going with the bouncer and whoever else is mm. our team you know mm. yeah so i think after that that's that's how i felt a lot until we went to west africa <laughs> home of my feces <laughs> what there were there was a lot of um aggressive people and that that assumption of like the women in the industry are loose. It is real out mm. there. I don't know. And they love East African women. Like, mm. almost obsessed. Adele, I was offered things. I was like, what? Someone wants to buy your house. They want to pay for your tickets to go, like, wherever you want. And, like, this is real, real talk, mm. Adele. Oh, when is your birthday? On your birthday, things can come to you. You're just like, oh, my God, now what do I tell my husband? Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's very... Those are the small little things that I'd look at and just be like... Imagine it's because I'm a woman. Mm. Imagine like Marek is not being sent flowers and phones. Imagine. <laughs> and like I love phones, but I literally have to give. Like I would literally refuse. Mm. I remember the iPhone. I think it was like iPhone 7 or something came out. And like they'd bring to the hotel room. And you're like, who's this from? <laughs> yeah. And their juju is real. I'm like, I'll touch this phone and start like, I don't know, become a dog or something. <laughs> And start chasing that man and wanting for and refuse to go home, you know? Yeah. yeah so that that I think it really put my guard up, especially that essay trip. Mm. Yeah, it really did. But as time has gone by, I've experienced that almost everywhere. Such aggressive men who believe it's their right, you know? And you're just like, my God, how am I going to survive in this mm. industry like this? You know? And I'm not married in church, so I don't have a ring. Yeah. I bought myself a ring for my travels. Wow. Yeah, I bought myself a ring. Just those ones for and by they, it doesn't help because yeah, even them, they're like i also have a ring <laughs> yeah so these are like married men you know all up in your business and just to say there's a lot of good men in the industry mm-hmm. there's a lot like i've given you the example of shafi and that's a personal story where there's someone who actually mm-hmm. wants to help you for you and not anything else after like okay i helped you so able come to my room now mm-hmm. we chill you know these guys who will protect you from that guy or fight for you, but there's also some wild ones. Yes, I am still in the industry. I work under Black Market Africa, which is run by my husband, and I do their social media. At the moment, I do social media. I want to get back to um, being a manager for artist manager, but not a road manager. I don't think I have the strength to travel and fight and 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 you know i i want to do brand management i want to manage your socials your appearance and whatnot but not really like be there at the shows and yeah that was a lot for me so now these kelele sessions and that's what i do a lot of i do the social media and i literally stand behind my husband during the show yeah. the videos will be out soon so you'll understand what i'm talking about <laughs> i was like i don't want anyone's yeah. story yeah okay so kelele sessions is one of the byproducts of black market africa and um at kelele sessions we have three kenyan artists who come and showcase their work so it's a safe space for them to come and you know listen to it in a studio you know sound mm. in a studio just sounds amazing and these um all sorts of industry players mm. within the room we have people from media or producers, vloggers, because mm. they also use music in their vlogs and mm. whatnot. So we are trying to push for that. Mm. And so the three, we have two musicians and one producer who showcase like three songs per person. People in the room get to critique. It's tough for some of them because like people 
give real talk. We really promote that because a lot of times you'll find someone plays their stuff and we're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Then when you go outside, they're like, wow, that guy's song was so bad. So we really promote people to, you know, like give that feedback in the room in the most positive way you can. At Black Market Africa, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. That was a very heavy story, just spotlighting some of the challenges women go through in male-dominated spaces. And I'm so thankful to Anchi for sharing it on 100 African Stories. Speaking of sharing things, I started off um, by telling you in this episode that next week's episode is a huge one, 20th episode, guys. And it is dedicated to celebrating International Day of Friendship. So I want to, on that episode, be able to celebrate you and your best friend. And I think it would be really dope if you either go to our Instagram page, which is Legally Clueless Podcast, or you can use this podcast's hotline. And all you have to do is just tell me your name, your friend's name, and tell me what you love most about your friendship. And just celebrate your friendship. And I'll make sure that you're included in next week's episode. So for those of you who are new and do not know the podcast's WhatsApp number, it's plus 254-768-628-790. Just record a WhatsApp audio voice note and send it to me. I'll make sure that I... You know, celebrate you and your friends in next week's episode. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.